Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Um, this is now our fifth episode yeah. without Kirsten. I'm feeling fine about it, to be honest. But here's what I feel like doing. Deliberately misrepresenting the situation and making it sound like she's been five months away from us, when in actual yes. fact, we know we recorded all of these last <laughs> five episodes in one session. But no, oh, Kirsten's still not here. She's still not here. Still not actually. Neglecting and we us. should, because we were umming and ahhing, do we do another episode in this recording session? But it's actually good that we are, because it's another one without Kirst. Yeah. We're pushing her next appearance further and further out. And it's not cus- costing us anything. She's the one. Oh, she's at her play centre. I hope she's having a fucking great day. Well, yeah, enjoy those swimming lessons. The Everyone listeners are that. forgetting, forgetting about her. <clears throat> Shall I go? Go for it. Because oh, I've got no banter. <laughs> Don't say that. Because <laughs> then nothing. people are going to think... What have I got? Oh, do you know what I actually haven't told? The story about three episodes back of the person falling. Oh, yeah. So back when I used to be fun. Oh, on the stairs. Yes. Yes. I used to work in a nightclub. Door bitch. Yes. I was a door bitch and I was really rude to people. (laughs) Anyway, so the, the nightclub that I worked at had a spiral staircase to go up to the nightclub. The nightclub was on like the third level. You've told this story. That's what, well, then I fucking asked you before <laughs> if I told the story and you said no. I yeah. didn't know. I said I thought it was oh something you haven't at There is someone not at someone my, at your door. There's someone at my door. No, there is not. Come oh, on. no, it was just they've walked down the driveway. Oh, no, the truck's coming. Oh, so even driveway action. Yeah, if there's a bit of action on the driveway, it pings the thing. This is great. Yeah, I think, yeah, the truck's coming. Yeah. And there's no one there, honestly. If, you don't want to go home while if that's If they were happening. at my door, I'd just go, yep, <laughs> this time. What do you want? Yep. What do you want now? All right, do the story. Righto. Okay, so we are on uh, 1972. October the 13th, a plane took off in Argentina and there were 45 people on board. It was Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571 and it was on its way to a rugby match in, is it Chile or Chile? I want to mm. say Chile, but people who... Chile? Uh, yeah, Simon's saying Chile. Chile, but people say Chile when Chile. they want to sound like they know more than so other exotic. people. So Which I don't. The passengers included... The Uruguayan rugby team, they were called the Old Christians. So as they approached the Andes Mountains, the pilot told them they were about to encounter turbulence, which usually you don't want to be sitting next to me when that happens. I had turbulence on a flight recently and it was, I felt, I always try to keep calm because I know that Nico is having an absolute meltdown next to me. So I just try to keep reading, just, I just, (laughs) I just... Ignore it. And he's looking at me like, "Is uh, are we dead? What's happening? But the, the one I had recently, I was it was making my heart, you know how your heart drops? You get that yeah. drop feeling? Mm. I was having that a bit. I thought Gee, that's we could quite turbulent yeah, I thought we could be in some trouble, but I kept my good face on. Mm. Yeah. Oh, for his sake? Yes. Oh, that was good of you. I know. I'm so mm. supportive. Um, so, yeah, bit of turbulence, says the pilot. Shut up. <laughs> 
they, but they weren't that concerned because we often hear that during a flight. As yes. you said, you know, you're normally okay. One of the passengers, a 19-year-old medical student named Roberto Canessa, he said he heard someone near him say, aren't we flying too close to the mountains? Oh, no. I just want to pause here and go back to a little tragedy that happened to me. And I, I It's yeah. a smallish thing, but I have not stopped whinging about it since it's happened. So, Please. Um, I was home. I was running late. I knew everyone would be there going, what's for dinner? And there was no dinner and things. So I yeah. grabbed an onion and it's an old Chucked trick. Chucked it in the air fryer. Well, no, I didn't have oh, the air fryer okay, at that stage. Sorry. But it's an old mum trick. Is what Even if you haven't got dinner organised, just chuck an onion in the frying pan because if they smell it that. It smells like cooking is happening. They think dinner's and on the way. And if you put a bit of garlic in there, it really smells like dinner's on the way. They just think, oh, good, mum's got dinner yep. under control. I didn't have it under control at yep. all. Um, and it was only uh, Kieran coming home. I never know who's going to be sure. there in my house. Anyway, so I – but a, a stupid decision. It's to cut an onion, instead of getting yes. one of the small sharp knives, oh. I get – the carving knife, which oh, is a very long, flexible sure. bladed, extremely sharp knife. Yes. The onion has, no. you know, when you take the outer layer off, there's a sort of a slipperyish uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. And I go slash. Oh my god. Cut the onion and and I slice the top <gasps> of my finger in a way that and I do have a photograph I could show you, but I don't you don't want to see, see it. it. And I didn't want to see it either. So I went over and I grabbed a handful of tissues and I just sort of held it and I thought, well, I need to keep cooking because they'll be here wanting dinner. Oh, my whole so I hold body the tissues, feels like the creepy crawlies all over it. Chop, chop, yeah. chop. I managed to cook. I can't remember what it was, probably just some chilli or yep. something like that. Uh, and Kieran comes home and yep. I said, I've cut my finger, darling, but I've got like a big wad of tissues over yes. it at that stage. Yes. And um, I was really hungry. So I said, do you mind if we, can we eat? And then yeah. we'll have a look at the finger afterwards. Sure. Because I'm so hungry. Diligent of you. So yes. we sit down, we eat, and, and he keeps sort of looking sideways at me. So I must have been a bit pale, oh. but I'm still eating because my tummy yes. rolls over everything. Yes. And then he said, we better have a look at your finger. And I said, oh, okay. So we go out to the kitchen oh, no. and we lift the tissue. I and can't even look at you when you say it. Yeah. Just And you know what fingers are like? they just disgusting. Fingers? Disgusting. Carry on more than any other part of the they body. They do. They don't stop. Yeah. Disproportionately for mm-hmm. the amount of, you know what a paper cut and fingers carry on. Oh, I'm going to paper cut. I'm in pain. So anyway, it's it's not stopping. We get Band-Aids. It's not stopping. It's yeah. a, I won't be too graphic. And then I look at the bench and I didn't realise that it had shot across the bench. <sighs> There's blood everywhere. Yeah. So I decided then I'm not going to go to the local hospital, which is only oh. a K up the road, because who I wants to sit? I shall not go. No. You're not going to sit in the, in the emergency department for eight hours for that. And you know that a cut finger, I'm going yeah. to keep getting bumped to the end of yeah. the thing. So I go up to the little medical centre at the local shopping centre. Yes. Walked in. They were so lovely. And I just held up my wad of tissues on my thing. And I said, I've cut my finger and it won't stop bleeding. Yeah. And they said, come with us straight in. Yes. And this lovely old doctor, anyway, they clean it up. Have a little look at it. Do you know what they did? What? Glued it. Yes. Special glue. They do just glue it. And I asked my ambulance friend the other day, where do I get that glue from? Because I want to. I'm sure you're not supposed to. Like, you can't get it. Oh. Uh, but she said, I have used super glue on mine. You're not supposed to because it's not medical grade. Uh, no, but you can. do not do this at home. But she said she has done it. <laughs> and she's a paramedic. So um, they glued it and it's taken forever. And I want you to help. Can you see? Ugh. See how it's got like a weird knobby bit at the top? Yeah. And even the back, back of the fingernail is all weird. And mm. the There's finger... something about fingers yep. like getting sliced. It just, it makes me, it makes me mental. I, I just, it, uh, it's just, 
I'm traumatised by Simon. it. I, I just wanted to – I'm sorry for jumping in. I, I just wanted to point out, Chanel was like a, a murder court reporter, yep. gruesome job for years. <laughs> and, she's, and she's grossed out by, I'm not, I don't want to see a photo oh, of Dee Dee's finger. Do you know what it is? And you're so right because I've if, seen if your my head fair got share. Locked off, I'm fine about fine. it. There's just something you know, like about fingers. You know, mm. how, I've got a friend who's like this with teeth. She can't bear everyone the has teeth their being thing. Damaged. Just their thing, and mine is the fingers. Ugh. Interesting. It just makes me. It's so annoying because I have to do so much typing and it hurts. I'm trying to like. Type I think it's like a paper pain. cut. You know when you think of a paper cut on your finger? That yeah. makes me want to vomit. So the reason that jumped Violently. into my head just there, where this person said, "Are we flying too close to the mountains?" What was that? A few years ago. Yes. Um, we had a, there was a bluestone slab, two meter long bluestone slab. Yes. And. Kieran wanted to move it or something, and he's gone. Han, can you come out here? I oh, come out, and he said, "I'm going to lift this blue stone I slab." I hate when people do this because oh. you're not fucking mentally prepared in that moment to g yourself up to lift the blue stone and be married and he's to a ready. You're and, laying down in the other room, and so and well, I didn't have to lift the thing. He's lifting it. I'm going, right. darling. You're going to break your back or something. It's yes. just not a good idea. Sure. He said, "I want you to as I push it upwards. I'm going. To, I want you to move the aluminium trestle a bit Underneath. further and further under it." So okay, he pushes it a bit. I move the trestle. Oh, no. And, and I, I literally the words were coming out of my Aren't mouth. You a bit... Is this a good idea? Yeah. When he drops the bluestone slab and my thumb, oh, the tip of my thumb gets see, caught between the edge of the aluminium feel... and the slab. Immediately <laughs> whips I feel the top I can't. The my whole body hates it. <laughs> but here's hates the miracle it. of the human body. What? It's everything grew back. The, in that particular case, the whole top uh, yes, of my okay. thumb was gone. It, like a five cent piece worth was gone I just can't and I got all really it's calm and bossy I'm going can you please get no, a clean so tea towel like, get the see car this? yes see that scar yes. see that scar there that yes. I'm holding my leg up yes I shaved that piece of skin off oh, my leg oh I hate that in hate the shower that. recently hate... it was New Year's Eve I just shaved over a bump and that whole piece of skin shaved right oh. off yeah see now you're doing oh <laughs> And I was fine about it when I got out of the shower. That didn't bother me. I oh. came out and I had to wrap a piece of toilet paper around my leg because <laughs> it wouldn't stop bleeding and I had to get to a party. And I would not stop bleeding. <laughs> it's New Year's Eve. And I had to actually go to my, my boss's house because she was having a party. And so when I got out of the car, it was still bleeding all that time later. And God. I said, do you have a napkin? I just got to clean my leg up. Sorry about that. I shaved that skin off and, like, you know. There's a good variety of Band-Aids available, though. Have you noticed? I spent a long time in the Band-Aid aisle trying to find the perfect one for the fingertip because it's hard to do fingertips because you're in stuff all the time. But there's that they make little bandages and band-aids for every shape of wound. There's not. Okay, so one of these uh, people, Roberto Canessa, hears someone saying, are we flying too close to the mountains? A moment later, bang, plane hits the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. The pilot had turned north to start the descent into Santiago in Chile, but the mountains were still too high at that point. And he tried to gain altitude. He tilted the plane nearly fully vertical, but that made the plane stall. Right. And it just sputter, sputter, fell down. Fell down. They hit the mountainside. Of the 45 people on board, 33 survived the impact. One of the survivors, this medical student, 19-year-old Roberto Canessa, he later wrote a book called I Had to Survive, How a Plane Crash in the Andes Inspired My Calling to Save Lives, which good on him for writing a book. 
I just think you can cut your title. Like, you know, let's go back to Prince Harry. Spare is yeah. good. Like a one-word title, that's a bit long, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want it. Don't, it if it's got a colon in it, it's, it's too, too long. long. Uh, he's now a doctor, by the way, right. and much of this account here that I'm about to share with you is um, comes from his recollections of what happened. Okay. <clears throat> he says that after the plane struck the mountain, his body lurched forward, he hit his head and he held onto his seat and he started to pray. Next to him, someone was yelling, please, God, help me, help me. Another person shouted that he was blind and oh. Canessa looked over at him and saw that his brain was coming out of his head and there was a piece of metal sticking out of his middle. Oh. He said he remembers the smell of jet fuel and Mm. people's screams. The body of the plane had split wide open. The fuselage broke apart. The tail was nowhere to be found. And this was all happening in the Andes, so snow-capped mountains. Um, There was a blizzard happening at the time. The survivors from the rugby team, they gathered whatever food and warm clothes that they could find because they were pretty sure that rescue would come quickly. So they used their suitcases to make a giant cross so that they could be seen from the air. They did footsteps and they wrote SOS in the snow. Do not tell me there is someone else at your door. No, I got a notification, but I think it's just someone. In your driveway. I think it's just someone in my driveway. Please carry on. I'll tell you if there's someone there. Um, So they made a big SOS and the night fell. The next day came and they heard a jet going overhead, but it passed. Oh. And then a smaller plane they heard coming but it flew over them and day after day came and went and there was no sign of help. So after several days, the death toll was now 17. 12 Mm. had died in the actual crash. Another five died within hours of the crash. And then another person died a week later from their injuries. It's now 17 days since the crash and an avalanche hits the site where the, where they're, where they're stuck and another eight people die in that so they're running out of food imagine you survive a plane crash and then you die in an avalanche can you imagine i cannot survive 17 days yeah so they're starving they were melting snow for drinking water they were using a piece of aluminium from one of the seats and here's where i actually thought this was good in the ingenuity they they have bits that they could take and use. It's like in Project Runway, which I love, where they it's like a sewing competition yes. show. Where they Making uh, the most to, of it. Yeah, they have to get, yes. use things. Like they'll be t- they take them to a party store and say, you need to use these things to make a high fashion yes. designer dress. Um, so they used pulled aluminium from the seats. They were able to use that to melt the snow. They pulled apart the wool out of the seat covers and made clothes out of them. They used the seat bottoms as snowshoes so that would have been the springy parts they were put yes. putting them on the bottom of their feet so okay. they could walk in the in snow they packed empty suitcases into the fuselage to block the cold air from blowing in they made sunglasses from plastic that they found in the pilot's cabin um, some of them were still have suffering from injuries some had broke, broken legs so they made hammocks for them they made sleeping bags from insulation that they took out of the plane's kitchen they peed in rugby balls. If they went out to pee in the snow, it was so cold that their yes. urine would freeze. And I imagine it was freezing as it was coming okay. out of them. If, right. So they had to pee in balls and then tip it out. Okay. So Roberto Canessa nursed the injured. He drained fluids. He stabilized broken bones. And a lot of people couldn't stomach moving the corpses. So he did all of that as well. And all the while, they're starving. 
and they knew that if they didn't eat, they would survive. Mm. So the bodies of the dead had been packed in snow away from the fuselage and they knew that what they had to do but how could they how how could they eat human flesh mm. they had to eat the bodies of the dead or they would die so roberto Not the fingies Mm-mm-mm. it's it's Not an for awful... me if they were like okay we're going to start at the hands but i'd be like i'll sit this one out Mm-mm. well they they agonized nope. over it for a very long time okay so this would be me i could perhaps do this if i'm going to die but don't tell me who i'm eating yeah, okay, yeah, no. I just I want that. the meat. Yeah. I don't want to know who it's coming from, male, yep. female. Have yep. I spoken to them in the last couple of days? I don't want to know. Yes. That is the only way I could do that. Okay, and just imagine that it's just food meat. of some sort. Yeah. Okay. Um, Roberto Canessa wrote in his book about this mental barrier of mm. eating um, human food. Or eating, hang on, what he said was about eating his friend's bodies. He said it was one thing to be hungry and know you need food. And it, hang on, I'm going to answer a phone call. Hey, Mike. Hey, can you chat? No, I can't. I'm actually recording my podcast at the moment and, and you're on it. <laughs> am, I, am I interrupting? You are. You're on the pod. We're recording you right now. Oh, hey, everyone. <laughs> this is my favourite podcast. Yes. I'm so glad it's back. You don't even know what it's called. Um, my <laughs> Chanel hates it when um, when other people's podcasts get mentioned. So why don't you mention no. your popular and very funny podcast, Mark? No, I, I, I want to know what this podcast is called. <laughs> you don't even know. This is how little you care. Um, this is Dead Bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's the true crime. I did know you, you did See? this ages ago, though. Yeah, we're still, still going. Well, there's, yes, it's coming back. There's been a big gap. Thank you for highlighting the failures of Chanel and I. Um, <laughs> I'll, call, I'll call you on my way home. Yes. Yeah, I've heard rumours this season of the podcast is going to be amazing. Um, so yes. Enjoy it, guys. I don't know if this will make the final cut, but it will now. It will. Thank you, Michael. Can I try you on my way home in a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Okay, call you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I only did that because of all your – you sounded really popular, so I needed to have someone calling me. <laughs> Just You've get one people in. people at the door. Yes. Messages yes. and stuff. Okay. So these poor people, they're, they're agonising over it, exactly as you just said. I'm How do you eat human yeah. flesh? Um, and Roberto Canessa said it was, it was one thing to be hungry and know you need food. It was another thing to know that the food is – in, in one's hand is from a loved, one, a loved yes. one. The process was emotionally taxing on all of the survivors. So he, with his medical experience, he sliced into the first body with a shard of glass oh. and each survivor took a section and they forced themselves to eat it. One of them um, called, oh, I won't even try and pronounce the name, uh, refused initially. He, he just couldn't stomach eating yeah. another human, but eventually he just had to. Um, what they did is technically not cannibalism. It's a, so cannibalism is the murderous consumption of a human. Right. The, the proper term for what they were doing is called anthropophagy. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so they vowed between each other to consider what they were doing as a sacred act. Mm-hmm. And one of the ten, uh, sorry, of the ten bodies that they had, 
they made three of them off limits as food. One was a mother and one was a sister of one of the survivors and one was the nephew of another one of them. Um, Canessa said he felt it was raping their dignity by invading their bodies. Mm. So to come to grips with what they were doing, Canessa and the others, they reasoned that if the situation was reversed, they would want their own bodies would to be they? used. Would and they? each of them said that, like, would if I die... Would I, don't, I would not want that. Do not eat me. <laughs> if something happens and you or I are on a plane, I'm putting it out right now. Okay. I do not want you to eat me. Okay. You can you can eat me, though. I don't think there's much meat on the bones. Oh. It's just like I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> Fat underneath skin and some bones. Um, let's see. They were able to oh, – okay, so here, this is like in a movie, and this was actually made okay. in a movie too later. They were able to get the transistor radio working. But all they could, it was just a, a radio. It wasn't a ten four breaker oh, breaker. Okay. Okay. It was all they could do was hear stuff. Right. Like they could hear the radio. They could hear about the surf, search efforts were being made for them. On October the twenty third, ten days after the crash, they actually heard that there had been a hundred attempts to locate them, oh. and that authorities were calling off the search. Can you imagine how devastating? You were yeah. Uh, so three of them. Ricardo, uh, was it Roberta? Roberta Canessa, Nando Parado, and Antonio Tintin Vizintin decided to hike to go and get help. And they re- they got up to the top of a mountain, but then they got there and it was not good because they looked around and realised that they were in the middle of nowhere. Right. What's happened here? My pages are everywhere. At night it was getting down to 10 below zero, so they decided that even though they could see nothing, as far as the eye could see, they had to go and get help. They, they had, had to, to start, hike. start moving. Yep. Malnutrition, dangerous terrain, all mm-hmm. the rest of it. They had no equipment. It took them 10 days. Oh. They walked over 44 miles. Finally, 70 days after the crash, they reached help and they led authorities to the crash site. On December the 22nd, 1972, six people were immediately flown home. Another eight of them had to wait until the next day because the weather was really bad. And people were just amazed at the story of survival, but people, sort of public sentiment turned against them when they found out what they had done in order to survive. Yeah. And it wasn't until the survivors were able to talk about what they had done and say how hesitant they were to eat the others to describe the spiritual battle of of, of what they'd gone through that the public opinion actually swung back in their favour. And after the rescue, Knessa went out to meet the parents of those who had died and he took letters to them that some of the people who had survived and then died later had written to them before they died. And he said he knew that it was just taboo to eat another human yeah, and of course. that no one would probably feel more outraged than the parents of oh, those they had eaten yeah. because he saw it as just desecration of their body. But he said in the end he was met with forgiveness and understanding from the families yeah. of the victims because they understood that living was more important than any ritual of death. So of the 27 passages who survived the initial impact, Yes, only 16 Dean. lived in the end. Yeah. Mm. Lord. There you are. That doesn't add up. Hang on. Six no, were it does. And That's six right. Six were eight. That is. Oh, yeah, and the ones that walked yep. out. You got it right. Yep. yep. There you are. Okay. Mm. How long are we, son? Uh, 23. What do you reckon? Well, what we... feedback do you have? Not much. They're really long feedbacks. I'm happy to leave them. There was nothing... Particularly exciting. Okay. How well, do we leave yours? it there? It's long. 
What do we do? Let's leave it. That's five. Yeah, I reckon five's plenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Simon's got work to do as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you, how do you want to finish though? That's oh yeah, we need to wrap up. Oh yeah, we need to wrap it up somehow. We just left uh, it there. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's but, talk. So we're we're finishing our recording session for the day. Right. I'm just so after this. Yes. We're going to hear from that woman. <laughs> Right, I'm Kirsten. Yes. yes, I won't speak her name. She's Voldemort. <laughs> We're just going to have to see what happens from here, and we'll be getting we your try. feedback. Just, we'll no, be we getting try. your feedback yes. by now, yes. so we'll be seeing how you're feeling about it. You be the judge. Do we want her back or not? Of course, we want her back. No. Look, when she left my show and we put it on the page, all the comments were "Bye, Kirsten. Good luck." Because every second comment, nice things was. Yep. Is she still doing the podcast? Will she still do the podcast? Well, let us know because we will take it from you because we can't be judges in this really. Yeah. Hashtag we we are the victims. She cannot do that thing that whatever her hashtag was, she cannot have a hashtag. Hashtag she justice cannot. for Kirsten. No. Let us know. No. Well, hashtag no. yes or no. No. Hashtag broken hearted Didi and Chanel. That's hashtag what it is. Shit talk time. <laughs> can I quickly? Can I quickly Some, just say? You don't have to quickly, you can take your time. It's been lovely uh, sitting here today oh. working with you. What uh, watching you do? Yeah, you know, the magic that you do. I'd rated a nine out of ten. You know why oh, I've deducted a point? Why? why? Because I haven't heard Chanel say Moida. <gasps> well, before we go, Moida. It's a ten. Yay! We're a 10. <laughs> Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.